We have stories like the Exodus that jump to our mind of God being a saving God. However, sometimes we don't feel like we experience God's goodness. We don't feel like God's care is there. Situations come in life when we experience a big disconnect between what we know to be true about God and actually what we're experiencing of God. There's a real disconnect there. And I want to encourage you, when we bring this confusion and this pain and we bring this disconnect to God in prayer, that's lament. That is lamentation. That is the idea of lament. And so as a general rule, I, don't, I was saying, I don't know if you know our churches in general are so good at this. I feel sometimes you encounter an attitude that says we should be so busy praising God, so busy looking to God's goodness, that actually you're not really allowed to dwell on you know, your suffering. You're not allowed to feel down. That can happen sometimes. Someone might say, oh, look, God's good every day, so I'm good today, when you ask them how they are. Now, look, that in itself can actually be a really good, really positive attitude to have. That can be really good. However, it can also have some other unhelpful attitudes in the background that sort of sit there. You can kind of be like the idea that since God is good and he's supposed to be blessing me, I'm not allowed to feel down. Or, you know, God's got a plan, so I need to be grateful all the time. Or maybe because I should be rejoicing in God's goodness, I can't express my confusion and disappointment. I don't feel that I have a space to validly do that. Uh, the reality is that God wants to hear our inner thoughts. We know this. God, he wants to hear our struggles and our questions, our doubts. Lament is a strong voice that is present in scriptures. And I believe in some ways, if, you know, in New Zealand church, we could model lament a bit better. We could have a good way of understanding this and showing it, creating a space where it was safe to lament together. And this is a better, stronger voice. I feel like less folk who there would be less folk leaving the church because they were discouraged in their faith, maybe disillusioned. I feel we should feel confident together as a community to bring our hurts, our confusion to God. We should feel that we can create a safe space as a community to do that. And if you want any assurance that this is a valid thing and there's a space to do that, look no further than the Psalms. Psalm 22 is a prime example of someone expressing their confusion and their hurt to God. However, this morning, I want to tell you as well that Psalm 22 reminds us of more than that. Psalm 22 reminds us that God is present in suffering because of what we know of Jesus. So Jesus is present with us in suffering. And we know then that he entered into our human experience and he came and joined us. He entered the pain of this world. He came to the cross. Even to that point, to the point of death, Jesus entered into human suffering. And if God's nature, who God is, is fully revealed in the person of Jesus, this is God with us, Emmanuel, then we know also that God's love is fully revealed and fully demonstrated on the cross. Jesus on the cross, fully revealed. Then we know that God is fully present there. That means that God is the God who is fully present in suffering, in human suffering. When Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Jesus joins with all of those who have prayed Psalm 22, and he becomes one with them. 
He shares our tears. He shares in our suffering. Jesus is fully present in the suffering of this world, friends. Maybe you feel abandoned by God. Maybe you feel that actually you don't know where God is. You can't find him. Maybe God's providence is missing from your life at the moment. Jesus' presence on the cross and his entering into our pain gives us the assurance that God is there and is present, whether we can feel it or not. Maybe you're still waiting for some unanswered prayers. Maybe you're really struggling in that regard. Maybe you feel you haven't been heard. Or maybe you're sick. Maybe you're sick today. Maybe you're longing for God to show up. You just haven't seen him lately. Well, you're in good company. You're in good company. You're in the company of the psalmist. You're in the company of all those who have resonated with the psalm, Psalm 22. And you're in the good company of Jesus. You're in the good company of Jesus, who claimed these words as his own. Now, even if we don't experience full healing and full answer to our prayers in the here and the now, as we cry out, something I want to encourage you that there is hope, and we can see it in the psalm as well. If you look at the last section of the psalm, it really starts to shift and to change towards offering praise to God, towards praising God, and towards hope, hoping in God, trusting in God. There is no clear indication at all in Psalm 22 that the person's actually rescued or saved from their suffering situation. It's just not there. It seems to just continue. It's a real, a real cry. Now, it's sometimes seen, you can see in verse 21, in some versions, the tone shifts more, maybe, towards perhaps being rescued. And it kind of says, you know, oh, you have rescued me. There's this one random line in there. Um, and you can kind of see that it's there, maybe looking to or maybe realized. But most translators agree that this doesn't really contextually make sense to render the text that way. And you'll see most versions are interpreted as the psalmist still crying out for help. And so there's no clear indication that the person's saved. However, the point that does become clear at the end of Psalm 22 is that this is our hope, that we can still look to God anyway. So even while we're voicing our suffering and while it's still going on, the psalm seems to tell us we can look to God in hope. So if you've ever wanted a beautiful, prophetic, and powerful picture of God's kingdom, closely connected to the passion of Jesus on the cross. The ending of Psalm 22 is pretty amazing. Verse 22, have a look. I will tell of your name. The psalmist chooses to look to God anyway. Verse 23, God will care for the poor and needy. This is reminiscent of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, in the kingdom that Jesus brings, you can see as being said here, the poor will eat they will be, the hungry will be fed, the needy will be cared for. There will be enough for everyone in Jesus' kingdom that's coming. And then you can see, as again in verse 26, the same idea, the poor will eat and be satisfied. And also here in verse 26, it says as well, if you're looking at verse 26, it says, the hearts of those who seek the Lord will rejoice forever. This idea of everlasting joy is there in, verse, in Psalm 22. Um, or it can also be rendered that their hearts will live forever. Won't we certainly live forever with Jesus? Won't we certainly indeed? Verse 27, all the ends of the earth, all families of the nations will bow down before him. Don't we know? Every knee will bend before the Lord our God. 
This is beautiful stuff. The psalm looks to the hope and expectation that a time will come when all peoples will acknowledge and return to God. Verse 29 is also commonly translated, To him shall all who sleep in the earth, all who bow down and go down to the dust, they will bow down to the Lord. They will live for him, it says. In light of Christ, doesn't this bring the resurrection to your mind? All who sleep in the earth. And then verse 30 and verse 31, you can see, future generations will f- be told about the Lord. Has it not been preached by Jesus' followers to all the world? Then those yet unborn, it says, that he has done it. This is Psalm 22. This is a thousand years before Christ. He has done it. It can conclude. All will be told about the goodness of the Lord. What a beautiful prophetic picture. What a great hope that can be pointed to here. It is the hope of the resurrection life that we can have with Jesus. And in suffering, we can still look to this hope. In suffering now, we can still look forward to this hope. You know, before, I was really blessed by the verse that was read out from Isaiah chapter 40, was it? That, um, you know, those who hope, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, that young men will stumble and fall. And even many, you know, men grow weary. And as I think about my journey this year, I know I've experienced the need to hope in God during suffering. So I was really blessed by that, to hear that this morning. Um, The last few years, my health's really deteriorated. I've um, had a lot of problems, um, several different things wrong with me, different challenges, but it's been been hard going. um, Last year, 2018, I lost 10 kilos, (laughs) and um, I didn't really think I had 10 kilos to lose, um, but I did. And I lost that out of, you know, just out of muscle through malabsorption in my body and uh, not being able to get all my food and into my system, lots of different things. I've struggled with a lot of pain. Um, I've struggled with ulcers in my body. I've had inflammation. I've felt very unwell and very sick regularly most days. And the truth is this, this year I've spent as many days in bed as not. And I've resurfaced every now and again to come and do some some teaching or to help a friend or do something like that. It's been really hard. Um, So the idea of a young man growing weary and even young men will stumble and fall is something that resonates deeply with me. Um, I have two young children. They don't understand. Come jump on the trampoline with me. Come play. Come do this. It's great stuff, but it's really hard then when I just kind of can sometimes force myself to get up and do that. But that just makes... That just makes the next day more painful and harder. So it's a real balancing act. It's really tough. Um, I'm out of work. I am not advised to be working at the moment and just to focus on recovery. It's pretty tough stuff. Um, And so for me to know that in the middle of these things, while my mental well-being, my physical well-being, and to be honest, my spiritual well-being has been affected, to know that I can hope in Jesus and to know that I can know God Jesus Christ, present with me in suffering. It's big stuff. And Psalm 22, I want to draw your attention to, Psalm 22 tells me two things here that are really important. On a very basic level, it tells me that I'm not alone in my experience of suffering. That as I am suffering and I'm in pain in this world, in this broken place that we live, that actually Jesus, he can't just sympathize, but he can empathize with me. Jesus suffered as well. But, you know, on a far deeper level, on a far deeper level, 
much deeper. Jesus on the cross, he entered into our suffering. Jesus is present in my pain. This is, this is significant. It means to me that I can know Christ with me in pain, in my suffering. I can find God there in that place. I can encounter Jesus in my pain. You can find God in the brokenness of your life. Jesus has fully entered into the brokenness and the hurts of this world. He's entered into it and he's become present in the darkest places. We can see this nowhere more powerfully than on the cross and as Jesus entered the grave. He is present in the darkest places of this world, of this universe. This means that not only does God understand your suffering, but it means that God is present in the midst of your suffering. And so often I feel people, we get, this, we get this feeling that we have to overcome our suffering or our pain and to experience the joy of God or to then draw close to God. But however, because Jesus is the God of the cross, in your suffering, you can find just as deeply, possibly the most deeply, you can encounter God and God's loving work in your life. So I want to ask, where are you today? Where are you with all this? Where are the hurting places in your life? Friends, where are, we, where are we hurting? Where are we suffering? I want to ask you maybe to think on some of these things. Do you know someone who's suffering? Do you know someone else? Does a family situation come to mind that brings real pain? Are there different things that are happening? Does there come to your mind maybe a friend who's hurting? Or maybe yourself? You know, maybe you feel... You've been disappointed or let down. Maybe you're suffering. Maybe that your church community. Maybe there's something there that's let you down in the past. Maybe there's something going on in your life with illness. Maybe you're sick. Maybe there's a cry that has been on your heart to the Lord that you just feel has been unanswered. Maybe you feel God's providence is missing from your life. Whatever it is, we can bring these things in confidence to God. God wants to hear our pain. He wants to be with us in that. Let's pray.